It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Okay, let's get it. Locked on LSU, your team every day. I'm Matt Moscona, ESPN Radio, Baton Rouge, New Orleans, Alexandria, CST, and right here for the Locked on LSU podcast. Uh, Publishing a little late today. My apologies for that, but a lot to get to. Uh, Hoops team lost, a national signing day. We will recap that. Let me begin, though, with what is uh, most uh, prominently newsworthy, and that is some key players that may not be playing in the Peach Bowl for both LSU and Oklahoma coming up on December the 28th. That's a week from Saturday. Um, We'll start here locally, and that's the news of Clyde Edwards-Elair. There had been some reports that he was injured Tuesday evening in practice. Uh, Ross Dellinger on Wednesday afternoon was the first to tweet about uh, a hamstring injury to Clyde Edwards-Elair, unknown of the severity after practice on Wednesday, Ed Ogeron met with the media, and he did uh, was asked about Clyde's injury. Yeah, Clyde did get hurt yesterday. I don't know the extent of his injury. I was just talking to Jack about it. Uh, he went and get some tests uh, today, and uh, we're going to know a little bit more towards the end of the week. But he did not practice today, and he could not practice. And Ed was asked to follow up about replacing Clyde. You know, Clyde is so versatile and can do everything. And some of the guys, uh, being young, they're good at one thing and maybe not as good on the other thing. And they're not as completed back. But all three of the guys can complement each other. And we can play all three of them to do the things that we need to do. Clyde's so versatile, we might need three guys to do what he needs to do if he can't play. The thing that obviously makes Clyde so good, the versatility, which makes LSU not predictable when he's in the game, Clyde can run between the tackles, he can stay in and pass block, and he can certainly catch the ball out of the backfield, as we've seen throughout the course of this season. A Ty Davis-Price has been LSU's primary backup this season, but when you look at their attempts, it's not even close. Clyde has 197 rushes on the season. Ty Davis-Price has 60. Clyde also has 50 receptions on the year. So Clyde has touched the ball on offense nearly 250 times, 247 to be exact, and he's accounted for almost 1,700 yards from scrimmage. He's been sensational. There's no other way to say it. Clyde Edwards-Elair has kind of been the, the, hate to use that like Swiss Army knife type uh, uh, analogy, but that's what he's been, Uh, and he makes LSU less predictable. Um Certainly, Ty Davis-Price is the most obvious replacement. They feel best about Ty Davis-Price running between the tackles, uh, pass blocking, and receiving, and that's why he's gotten the most attempts after Clyde. Uh, John Emery has 36 rushes on the season, and he is probably the most dynamic runner of the remaining backs, hence the five-star status and why he was one of the top, if not the top running backs in the country. But Ty Davis-Price a little more complete at this point but Emory gives LSU uh, options because of his uh, because of his ability carrying the football. And then Chris Curry is very much a battering ram, as we've seen. He's got 22 attempts for 99 yards on the season uh, with a long of 20, but that's mostly been in mop-up duty. So it certainly seems as of now like LSU is preparing to go into the Peach Bowl without Clyde Edwards-Elair. Uh, something that I was told was, Typically, you got to wait about 48 hours to let that thing, the hamstring, calm down a little bit before they could really know 
uh, specifics or kind of give a timeline on it, but it certainly seems as of now that LSU is preparing to play the Peach Bowl without Clyde Edwards-Elair, and uh, their hope would be if they win the Peach Bowl to have him back for a potential national championship game in New Orleans. On the other side, we've also mentioned that there were rumblings about possible suspensions at Oklahoma, and uh, those have now been confirmed from various media outlets that Oklahoma is going to be without at least three players for the LSU game. Uh, among them, Ronnie Perkins, Ramondre Stevenson, and Trajan Bridges. Lincoln Riley met with the media on National Signing Day and was asked about the suspensions. I'm aware of the report that's out there. Uh, unfortunately, this time, I cannot comment on it. And here, Riley was asked to follow up about why he can't comment. Are you unable to comment because it's an appeals process with those guys? Um, I don't know that I want to even go that far. I'm just unable to right now. So I will when I can, but, but can't right now. The media then started asking about specific players, including running backs, Kennedy Brooks and Ramadre Stevenson. Lincoln is Kennedy Brooks going to play in the Peach Bowl? <coughs> Kennedy and, will play. Yes. And uh, Ramondre Stevenson, will he play also? Uh, Kennedy Brooks will play. That should be your answer. If you're wondering, Kennedy Brooks is the leading running back for Oklahoma, just shy of 1,000 yards. The leading rusher is Jalen Hurts, but the leading running back is Kennedy Brooks, just shy of 1,000 yards. But um, Madre Stevens is, uh, Stevenson is their second leading running back with 515 yards on 64 attempts, six touchdowns, averages eight yards a carry. He's a nice compliment in that running game, and it would stand to reason that he's among the three that will not play the biggest, however, is Ronnie Perkins. Lincoln, since I hate to keep pecking away at this, but since you uh, clarified Kennedy Brooks' status for us, could you clarify Ronnie Perkins? Uh, or I'm not commenting on it anymore. Anymore. Sorry. Sorry, guys. Sorry. It's interesting that he would clarify the guy who was playing but would not comment on any of the others, which pretty much confirms what has been reported. Ronnie Perkins, Ramondre Stevenson, and Trajan Bridges will not play. Bridges is a freshman wide receiver. We mentioned Stevenson is the backup running back who has seen some playing time this year. But Ronnie Perkins is the whopper. Uh, Ronnie Perkins is uh, defensive end. He wears number seven, and he is their best, most athletic edge rusher. Perkins leads the team with six sacks and is second with 13 and a half tackles for loss. This would be the equivalent of LSU not being able to play Caleb on Chasson. He... Ronnie Perkins is their best guy off the edge. Uh, he is a sophomore from St. Louis and has been their most consistent pass rusher this season. So he is a starter, and uh, he's going to miss the Peach Bowl, which when you're trying to slow down Joe Burrow in the LSU offense, when you don't have your best edge rusher, that's not good. <laughs> Paging Captain Obvious. but um, So certainly – with uh, the news of Clyde Edwards-Elair's injury and the suspension of three Oklahoma players, the the framework of the Peach Bowl uh, seems to have changed. What about the future of the LSU roster? What's about the framework there? The early signing period is ongoing. Ed Ogeron recapped Wednesday, the start of the early signing period, which saw 19 Tigers, Inc. Talk about it next. If you're looking for a last-minute fun sports gift for the holidays, go to Breaking t.com slash locked on that's the letter t breaking t makes sports t-shirts around teams passion moments great for all fans 
Go to breaking T, the letter T, breakingt.com slash locked on, and then feel free to search the site for great shirts and fun sports gifts. It's Kubota Orange Day. Shop the year's best selection of Kubota tractors, zero-turn mowers, and utility vehicles, including the number one selling compact tractor in the USA, and now through June 30. Get 0% APR for 84 months or up to $3,300 off select compact tractors. See the details at KubotaOrangedays.com. Your family, your land, and your livestock deserve equipment they can count on. So find your local dealer today. That's KubotaOrangedays.com. Wednesday opened the early signing period for college football recruiting and LSU inked 19 players. So quick recap, Tigers went into the day with 23 commitments. They were not expecting all 23 to sign. The you know, number was sort of estimated between 19 and 21, and they come out with 19 commits for, uh, or excuse me, 19 signees here in the early signing period, which means that LSU has six spots available for February to add freshman signees, you know, high school signees, junior college players, or grad transfers. So Ed Ogeron and his staff, um, at least for the class of 2020, have uh, it crystallized what they need to do between now and February. Uh, the biggest disappointments of the day, two receivers. Rakeem Jarrett, a five-star out of the D.C. area who had been committed to LSU. He instead signed with Maryland, electing to stay close to home. And then Jermaine Birch, a wide receiver out of California who had been committed to LSU, elected to sign with Georgia instead of the Tigers. So, Two that LSU maybe had hoped to have end up signing elsewhere. They did, however, uh, get commitments and sign uh, and signatures from uh, Marcus Dumerville and Philip Webb. Dumerville, a big offensive lineman out of the state of Florida, which is a huge boost at a spot where LSU needed it. And Philip Webb is a linebacker out of Buford, Georgia, 6'3, 227. So uh, Tigers have the fifth overall class currently in the 247 composite with 19 signees which includes Eric Gilbert, the highest-rated tight end prospect in the history of 247. A couple of quarterbacks, both T.J. Finley and Max Johnson, sign. Finley and Eric Gilbert will go through bowl practices with LSU. And it wasn't the total loss at receiver as Coy Moore, big wide receiver out of Rummel in New Orleans, signed with LSU, as did Kayshawn Booty uh, out of New Iberia, six foot 185, uh, one of the highest-rated prospects overall in the state of Louisiana. Um, Ed Ogeron uh, met with the media and discussed uh, a lot of different topics in uh, preparing uh, for National Signing Day, including uh, not signing any running backs here in this period. And, and again, there are some outstanding running backs out there. Uh, there are some running backs that they told us they may sign. Uh, they didn't sign today, so we got to keep on us. That's our recruiting goals. A couple of the guys out there didn't sign today. We expected them to sign. We got to keep on recruiting them. No telling what's going to happen. We're going to keep on recruiting. Zach Evans is at the top of that list. Five-star, top running back in the country out of the Houston area. A crystal ball toward LSU, but most don't seem to know what Evans will end up doing. He's set to announce at the Under Armour All-America game on January the 2nd. Ed was also asked if he was surprised by any of the decisions. Uh, you know, you're always surprised. You know, you, you have conversations at night and you talk to them and they tell you they're coming the next day they don't. I mean, that's that's recruiting. I mean, that, that's how it is. But, you know, we, we, we're concerned with the guys that got here. 
the guys that we don't get, hey, they want ours anyway. So it don't matter. Uh, we like, we like, love our program, but we like the guys that have been here. I wouldn't trade these guys for anybody else. And as we knew, this class would feature a heavy dose of prospects from outside of the state of Louisiana, and that certainly came to fruition. Uh, Marlon Martinez out of Fort Lauderdale, Max Johnson out of Georgia, Elias Ricks out of California, Antoine Sampa out of Virginia. You got some local guys with Jaqueline Roy and Jacoby and Guillory. Ali Gay, a Juco prospect out of Washington. You have Finley's local. Doomerville's out of Florida. B.J. Ojolari's out of Georgia. Mentioned Coy Moore from Rummel. Jordan Tolls is a Baltimore, Maryland safety. Uh, Gilbert, tight end out of Georgia. Philip Webb, who we mentioned, is the linebacker out of Georgia. Xavier Hill, an offensive lineman out of Mississippi. Cole Taylor signs out of Colorado. Booty's local. Uh, Eric Taylor's a defensive lineman out of Alabama and Josh White's out of the Houston area. The overwhelming majority of this class is from outside of the state of Louisiana, and Ogeron talked about that. You know, we uh, we always want to take care of the state of Louisiana first, but guys were really approaching us. So Coach, we're interested in coming in LSU. They were great players, so obviously we went out there and get them. Well, we, we didn't get everyone from out of state that we wanted. You know, we lost some, but that, that's going to happen. Uh, we feel that we did a very good job in the state. We feel like we signed the guys that we thought they could play at LSU. You got to look at you got to look at what we have in the state, and then if we don't have that position or we don't have enough, we have to go out of state and get them. And sometimes with the early signing period, especially as it is, you're going to have to make decisions on personnel based on what you think might happen that might come back to haunt you. And you know the name Major Burns certainly comes to mind. Major Burns is a is a top 150 player nationally from Baton Rouge, Madison Prep, a defensive back and LSU had to had to purge him from the class. They just felt like they weren't going to have room for Major Burns in this class and then they see you know a couple of receiver prospects and a defensive line prospect that they were hoping to get three players on signing day Wednesday that ended up going elsewhere and they probably they would have had room then for Major Burns. So in the end, though, Burns signed with Georgia, and LSU has six spots open. So for Ed Ogeron and his staff, they have between now and that first Wednesday in February uh, to finish off this signing class with a bang and see if they can climb from where they sit right now as the fifth-best class for 2020. It's Locked on LSU, your team every day. Great honor for the LSU offensive line. And the basketball team takes it on the chin. We'll talk about it next. Locked on LSU, your team every day. It's Kubota Orange Day. Shop the year's best selection of Kubota tractors, zero-turn mowers, and utility vehicles, including the number one selling compact tractor in the USA. And now through June 30, get 0% APR for 84 months or up to $3,300 off select compact tractors. See the details at KubotaOrangedays.com. Your family, your land, and your livestock deserve equipment they can count on. So find your local dealer today. That's KubotaOrangedays.com. Major congratulations to the LSU offensive line, which won the Joe Moore Award as the top offensive line unit in college football. The uh, trophy looks like a grand piano. There's no other way to say it. It is the most, ma- if, it is the most massive trophy I have ever seen. Uh, it makes the boot look tiny uh, but certainly a great honor. I, I don't think when you look at the LSU offensive line, you're going to look at this unit as projectably the the, uh, the the individual talent that projects to the next level. level. When you look at Georgia with 
you know, with Andrew Thomas and Isaiah Wilson and Ben Cleveland, they've got future first-round NFL picks on that line. I don't know necessarily if that's the case for this offensive line, but, you know, the award goes to the best unit. Uh, Aaron Taylor is a co-founder of the award, along with Cole Kublick from the SEC Network. Uh, they presented the award uh, to LSU following practice on Thursday morning, and they're the second SEC team to win the award since it was incepted in 2015. But it, uh, the award, by the way, stands almost seven feet tall and weighs over 800 pounds. So it'll be displayed on the LSU C, uh, campus at the conclusion of this season. But congrats to James Craig and the offensive line uh, as a whole for what was a solid unit. Coming in, everyone squarely looked at LSU, the offensive line, as the unit that was uh, the weakest a year ago and had to improve the most. And Ed Ogeron told us all throughout fall camp they were the most improved unit on this team. And clearly, they showed it this year, and a great honor for them winning the Joe Moore Award as the best offensive line in college football. So congrats to the LSU offensive line. More hardware for LSU coming out of this season. Uh, not a great night for the LSU basketball Tigers. They suffer a double-digit loss at the hands of East Tennessee State, 74-63. to Here's what Will Wade said after the loss. Yeah, it's just just embarrassing, you know. Give up 19 offensive rebounds like we did, um, just a just a, uh, a total uh, total uh, total embarrassment uh, for our team, for our program. And give ETSU credit; they played so hard. They played so hard. They pinned their ears back, went to the glass. They had a great game plan. Uh, they shrunk that paint on us, and we would we wouldn't penetrate and pitch. We just put our blinders on and went in there and and shot it. And our bad offense contributed to our to our defense and um, just a, just a um, poor poor uh, poor poor effort on, uh, on on our part he's not wrong and the box score tells much of the game uh, LSU 7 of 22 7 of 22 from three settled for way too many uh, LSU when you look at the turnovers 15 turnovers yet again another bugaboo for the Tigers LSU only got to the line eight times, six of eight from the free throw line. East Tennessee State was just four of nine, so there weren't a bunch of free throws in this ballgame. But LSU only got to the line eight times. Tells you they just weren't patient attacking the rim, um, and they weren't. So a really disappointing loss for LSU, but it's one that was foreseeable. I played this for you a couple of weeks ago. This was Will Wade on his coach's show last week. Last week, when he was talking about scheduling, and he brought up East Tennessee State. East Tennessee State's really good. The only reason we're playing them is my former assistant at Chattanooga is their assistant, and he knows I'm the only person dumb enough to play them. So he called me and he's like, well, you play us in a guarantee game. We need some money, and I know you're the only idiot that would actually schedule us. I mean, they only, I mean, they only played they – played, they went to Kansas and, and, and had Can, – I mean, yep. they played Kansas extremely, extremely close at Kansas. And so – that's the only other high major um, game they've played was at Kansas and us, and he knew I'd be the only fool that would that would schedule him. So um, that's why, that's what Brooks that's what Brooks he called me. Will Wade knew this was going to be a tough game, and his team didn't respond. But it's a big opportunity. Uh, Tigers get on a plane today. They fly to L.A. and Saturday night they're playing at Staples Center against USC. These games are good RPI games. East Tennessee State's ten and two, and that's a team that's going to win the SoCon. And probably win 25 games this year, and that'll look really good to the computers. But you've got to start winning some of these RPI games. It's nice to play VCU. You got to beat them. It's nice to play Utah State. You got to beat them. Nice to play East Tennessee State. You got to win. So this is an opportunity getting on a plane, going to, to Los Angeles to play USC. 
on Saturday night. You got to win that game because you're leaving yourself little margin for error. And you got Liberty coming up as well. And Liberty's 12 and 0 on the season. That's another good, really good mid major that um, is going to be tough to tangle with. These are your last two opportunities in non-conference play. Southern Cal in Los Angeles, home against Liberty, get an undefeated Liberty team, which, oh, by the way, just beat Vanderbilt. Um, you know they've, <laughs> they've got an SEC win notching their belt already. So LSU, just, they did it a year ago. They got on their roll before conference play when they went out to, La- to Las Vegas and they beat St. Mary's, uh, and then they came home, and they beat Furman. And at the time, Furman was a ranked team. They won that game at home. And then they did not lose another road game the rest of the season. And, of course, went on to the SEC Championship. Maybe this is the wake-up call that the LSU basketball Tigers need. Uh, they'll take the floor again on Saturday night on FS1, by the way, 8 o'clock Central Time in Los Angeles at Staples Center against uh, the USC Trojans. All right, it's going to do it for us. Please like us, rate us, review us on iTunes. All that helps tremendously. Share it, pass it along, tell people we're here every day. It is Locked on LSU, your team every day. The NCAA tournament is almost here, and listening to Locked on College Basketball will give you the edge you need to dominate your bracket. So don't wait. Find Locked on College Basketball on YouTube or wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.